Hi, everybody. It's Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain Radio, back with a good friend, Bill Mitchell, uh, who is taking his eight foot nine frame and squishing it into a tiny window just for your <laughs> entertainment and convenience. Uh, Bill is the host and creator of Your Voice Radio and one of the most influential non-candidates in social media during this election cycle with close to 100 thousand twitter followers and bill just before the show you dropped a number on me it escapes me now how many how many impressions 106 million uh, hits in the last 28 days on my on my uh, 106 million impressions uh, hey sounds <laughs> like uh you've got quite a show lined up so uh, you can follow bill on twitter at uh, twitter.com slash mitchell vii that's mitchell the seventh uh, just like malcolm the tenth your voice radio at your voice uh, how you doing today bill Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I tell you what, people on Twitter ask me, you know, how can I hang in there? You know, how can I stay so positive? And I love this stuff. I mean, the greater the battle, the greater the victory. So um, I think this is great. And uh, and doing battle against the forces of darkness, which is what I consider the Hillary campaign, uh, is very motivating for me. I like it. So I really consider myself on, on Twitter to be the uh, uh, Trump campaign uh, suicide prevention squad because there are so many people that uh, are relatively new to politics that are following Trump and they're very fragile, you know, emotionally. And the, the little poll here, a little poll there gets them down. And I kind of pull them back off the ledge. Well, and we've been putting out, I've been putting out some videos rebutting some of these uh, wild accusations from decades past in airplanes that apparently never existed and so on. And underneath the videos, and this has really started to crop up over the last week. I don't know if you've noticed this, but uh, there are a lot of despair trolls out there uh, who suddenly just seem to be emerging. And what they're doing is they're saying something like this. They say, well, you know, I do like Trump and it'd be great if he got in, but frankly, there's just no way he can. It's mathematically impossible. He's done, which is a shame. I really wanted him to get in, but it looks like we're going to have to settle for Hill, like that kind of stuff. And it's actually quite effective because, you know, it sounds like they're positive, but they've recognized reality. But dear Lord above, and, and for those who want to follow Bill, and you should, uh, on uh, Twitter, you kind of pump out the information. Uh, how is it that people like you and I stay positive? Well, by a little tactic we call looking at the facts. <laughs> and that seems to be quite important. So there doesn't seem to be much in the real world support for Hillary Clinton. There are a bunch of polls, which as you call heavily Democrat, heavily heavily over-educated or over-propagandized people, heavily female, like all of the bases that you would expect who would be more likely to vote for Hillary. But in the real world, lawn signs and, and people's conversations and so on, there just doesn't seem to be the tangible support that's showing up in the polls. Yeah, that's true. You know, uh, we did a, a summary of a bunch of the recent uh, polls that have come out and they averaged out to uh, D plus 11, meaning 11 points more Democrats in each poll than Republican. And if you look back at 2008, I believe the electorate uh, in exit polling was about D plus seven. So what the media pollsters are trying to say is that the uh, electorate is so enthusiastic for Hillary Clinton this time that she is actually gonna get four points more of a Democrat advantage in the turnout than Barack Obama did in 2008. Now this, despite the fact that in the primaries, turnout for Democrats is 20% less than 2008. So, uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's like the Democrats are saying, you know, don't believe your lying eyes, you know, believe us. Because as um, Seven just said, there, you know, polling to me is like a scientific hypothesis. Because frankly, if you're going to poll 600 people and say this represents 250 million, it's not 
a scientific fact. That's a hypothesis, okay? And then you've got the, uh, the biases of the pollster built into that. You've got the fact that only 10% of people uh, answer their phones built into that. You've got all kinds of biases built in. So it's definitely a hypothesis. And when you take a hypothesis into the lab, uh, you have to test it. Okay, and then we call that the empirical evidence, the evidence on the ground, the physical evidence that backs up your hypothesis. And the, if the physical evidence doesn't back up your hypothesis, you don't throw out the physical evidence, you throw out the hypothesis. And in this case, you know, back in 2008, I remember uh, when Obama was running, they were bragging about yard signs. Oh, yard signs are a great indication. Rally size is a great indication. Obama is dominating social media. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's got to be winning. Okay, and he won. This time, they're saying rally size doesn't matter. Yard signs don't matter. Nobody's even buying, you know, Hillary hats and shirts. Nobody bought her book. I think that uh, Kane just gave a, uh, a rally or a speech down in Miami, and 50 people showed up. De Blasio just gave a speech for Hillary, and 40 people showed up. You know, Trump gives two 20,000-person rallies a day. Uh, and to say this is meaningless to me is beyond ridiculous. Well, it is you pointed out in Google Trends, there's almost twi twice as many results for people typing in how to vote Trump as for how to vote for Hillary. You know, the Reddits, uh, the Donalds uh, is a very active uh, message board uh, with uh, countless members. And there's no Clinton equivalent of that anywhere that I've been able to see. Look at number of individual donors, 2.6 million individual donors. That is a record for Trump. Uh, and uh, it, it really is when you get out of the sort of manipulated world of left-leaning number jiggery and into the real world of, of where there's tangible, measurable things regarding enthusiasm for candidates, it's like complete opposite planet. It really, it really is. And one of the things you've got to watch for is a lot of these pollsters realize we're onto them with their sampling, with the oversampling of the Democrats. So what they're doing is they're burying the bias in other subgroups. For instance, statistics show that 30% of the electorate uh, that actually votes has got a degree. That means 70% are non-degreed or blue-collar type uh, voters. This is Trump's uh, strong suit. Trump is particularly strong with the blue-collar voters because they're the ones who feel like they've been most wronged by the system, and Trump can help them with his trade policies, his tax uh, policies, this sort of thing. Okay. So what they're doing is they might have a reasonable breakdown between Republicans and Democrats, but then we find that instead of 30%, half of the poll is uh, college-educated, which dramatically undersamples blue-collar voters, which are Trump's st strong suit. And the funny thing is, they say that these polls are um, uh, scientifically random. Well, they're scientifically random. Why is the oversample always in favor of Hillary? Always. I mean, it, it is never not, never. Hundreds of polls, it is always in favor of Hillary. How is that random? I mean, there should be polls that come out that have subsamples, you know, uh, in favor of Trump. Never. Now, I actually... I both dislike polls and like polls because I'm Mr. Ambivalence, but uh, I dislike polls because I don't care. I, I don't I don't care what other people want to do. The important thing is to make the case for what you think is important in the world and to hell with what the average opinion of somebody who has the time to pick up the phone and answer a long survey. And of course, we've got 20 million um, registered voters, they didn't even bother voting in 2012. I mean, who the hell is polling them? And that's the big giant unknown in this election because Trump is pulling people 
like me, into the political arena. And I never thought I would be in this position in the political arena in my life. Uh, And so there's a lot of people who are coming into the fold. They're not being um, uh, polled. And so that's the great unknown. So I just like it because, you know, you do what's right in the world and who cares about what other people say at the end of a phone and what they're actually going to do in the voting booth may be quite different from what they're saying. But I also like the polls, uh, Bill, because I love the fact that the Democrats are giving themselves a false confidence for victory. I mean, if I were on the Democrat side, there's no way I'd do D plus eight, D plus nine, D plus 12. I'd be like, I'd try to get it minus. And I'd say, people, we're cratering. You need to redouble your efforts. You got to get out there. We're going to lose. The fact that they're saying, oh, we've got this in the bag. It's like, that's, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a political operative, but it seems retarded to me. I mean, it's sort of like when, if your, if your sports team is really, really down, You don't say we've won because then people don't practice harder. I mean, recognize that you're losing so you can turn it around. But they don't seem to be doing that for reasons I can't fathom. Yeah, there's a a reason why the week before the Super Bowl, you don't uh, give press something to say you're going to win by 40 points. Because it just just motivates the other team to come out and beat you. And, you know, one of my favorite tweets is to send out this picture of, of, of a bear, a grizzly bear charging. And it says, you know, don't poke the bear. And that's what they're doing. I mean, they are really just annoying the base and motivating us all the more to get out and vote because they're saying that we don't matter. We don't count. What they say is true. They're trying to say that they create the narrative. And we're saying, no, we create the narrative now. And I think the fact that we're on social media and that we've got stuff like this, you know, your show, my show, all these shows that are on. um, I tell you what, it really equalizes the playing field, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm very positive about Trump going forward. Let me put it this way. If Hillary was really winning, these pollsters would not be putting their je- their reputation on the line be- by creating these ridiculously oversampled polls. They'd be doing fair polls and then we'd be just going with the results. But Hillary isn't winning. And that's why in the empirical evidence on the ground, you see no evidence. I mean, there is no, I don't remember ever where somebody was supposedly running away. I mean, they are saying that Hillary is going to beat uh, Trump bigger than Obama beat McCain. And I mean, you could tell everywhere that Obama was going to beat McCain, but you, I mean, there's no evidence anywhere that Hillary is even in this race. There was a a freshness and a politically correct bromance that occurred with not just Americans, but of course, a lot of the Western world when it came to uh, Obama. Obama would go to Germany and get, what, 200,000 people coming out to see his speeches. And when you have a tough time rustling up a couple of dozen uh, speeches for one of the uh, Democrats, uh, for Kane or, or maybe a couple of hundred for Hillary, that is evidence of a significant apathy. And that, of course, to me, is one of the very telling but subtle things going on in this election bill. I'm sort of curious what, what you think of this. When Hillary is polling very well, but there's no enthusiasm for her, it yeah. means that people don't like her. They just want her to continue whatever policies are currently putting, uh, you know, a roof over their head, food in their mouth, whatever, you know, socialist redistribution schemes she's got cooking up. And there are quite a few. It's like, well, we don't like her, but we sure like the free stuff. So we're not going to show up to her rallies, but we really want to vote for her, not because we like her, not because we care about her or have any enthusiasm for her. We just want this broken, dying system to cough up a few more hairballs of fiat currency nonsense for us to consume before the crap hits the fan. And that, I think is one way of looking at the discrepancy between the uh, attendance at the rallies and the actual polls or the even inflated polls. Yeah, well, you know, it's really it's really hard to say because uh, it's kind of a dichotomy because on the one hand, we see that apparently uh, degreed people prefer Hillary. And yet, if you look, for instance, at the L.A. Times poll, 
she is losing the uh, sample of people that make over 70,000 a year and winning the sample of people that make under 35,000 a year, which doesn't make any sense at all. You know, it's just it's just crazy. But what we're seeing in the in the polling is that every one of these polls, you notice how they keep coming in with Hillary about Hillary's up six, Hillary's up seven, Hillary's up six, Hillary's up seven. And yet the underlying sample in the polls are all over the place. Now, how do you have samples, you know, where the inputs are all over the place, but you have the exact same result every time? And what they call it in polling, they call it mirroring. And I, if you think that these pollsters aren't like a club and they don't get on the phone and talk with one another and compare results before uh, putting them out, uh, you're being naive because they do. And they mirror one another because as the election comes up, nobody wants to be hanging out there with that one poll that's the outlier and look like a fool. So uh, if they're going to be wrong and they're all wrong, then it's OK. Well, we were fooled by the electorate. You know, this was a new election. We didn't get it. So that's what you're seeing right now is they're, they're clumping together. Uh, and you're getting these uh, polls that are all very similar. Of course, you had the NBC Wall Street Journal poll, which is always an outlier, and they had Trump down 11, but they also, in their sample, they also had uh, Obama beating Romney by 14 points, <laughs> you know, and uh, Obama beat Romney by four points. So you can see what the sample is like. Well, and the degreed people, I mean, there's sort of two things that popped into my mind because of course a lot of the people say well of course the more educated you are bill of course you're more likely to view hillary clinton in a positive light because you're so well versed in economics and politics and history and all all other kind of stuff right but um to me it's it's quite simple number one if you are um more likely to if you have a higher degree you're more likely to have been subjected to relentless multi-year social justice warrior leftist indoctrination which is one of the reasons why the democrats want free uh, higher education for everyone because it's like hey we can get the people who pay taxes to force uh, to 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 be forced to pay for the indoctrination of people who want to take that tax money away so yeah if you've got more of a degree you're more lefty you're more indoctrinated and so on and i think that's fairly easy to make that case and number two of course more degreed people aren't facing competition from wave after wave of unskilled immigrants pouring into america taking a half a trillion dollars of wages out of the equation uh, knocking down the most vulnerable communities wages uh, and pushing them onto welfare at higher and higher rates. So, yeah, the combination of leftist indoctrination plus the fact that you're not facing competition from um, from uh, illegal and Im- illegal immigration from the third world. OK, yeah, I can see where you can come. That That's a pretty heartless position to to take, I think. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I've been an executive recruiter for 30 years and I've interacted with a lot of different people. And it seems like the higher level of a degree someone has, the more likely it is they'll be working for a salary for someone else. You know, the lower the education, the more likely they'll be entrepreneurs and be rich. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the most wealthy people in the world do not have a college degree. And to equate having a college degree with intelligence is a uh, false association. And as proof, go to a college campus on a Friday night and go to the local college bars and talk to the graduating seniors. They are dumb as rocks most of them. They have no idea what they want to do with their lives. They're going to move back with mom and dad when they get out of school with a ton of debt. So, you know, they've been through college. This does not mean they're educated. It means they're indoctrinated, as uh, Stefan just said. So, Well, of course, the more people who come into college, the lower the uh, requirements have to be. So you're just getting less, fewer and fewer really intelligent people in college. So a college degree don't mean what it was when I was younger. Actually, it just trying to struck me that you're an executive recruiter who's trying to get Donald Trump a job. <clears throat> just sort of find something interesting in my mind. But uh, let's talk about women. 
because I think women are, are one of the big challenges uh, for getting Trump into the White House. I'm sure everyone has seen uh, these um, graphs where it says, you know, if white males voted, I mean, it's pretty much a complete landslide right. for uh, Donald Trump. And there's two categories of women that unmarried women uh, seem to be leaning more towards Hillary. The married women seem to be leaning more towards Trump. And I would assume it's because the marriage uh, the married women already have a, quote, provider who is their husband, whereas the unmarried women uh, who don't have providers and who may want to have kids and may end up as single moms and so on do want the government to step in and fulfill the role formally provided by an actual husband. Uh, and I think it's going to be a big challenge to get the unmarried women to look at some of the benefits of a Trump candidacy. Uh, how would you pitch uh, Trump to them? Well, uh, I think that um, that's it's hard. It's hard. I, mean, I can see why married women would support Trump because they're they're worried about their kids and their families in the future. Um, the the uh, unmarried women are going to be uh, much more much uh, lower on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Uh, you know, thinking much more about just uh, survival, abortion, uh, having uh, government assistance with uh, their uh, the cost of raising their children if they've got children. Um, but it's it's just that's just a tough get, Stefan. You know. Um, I don't really know what to say exactly, uh, other than the fact that I think that uh, I've, you know, the rallies that I've been to, there were a lot of single women there. I mean, half the crowd, you go to a Trump rally, half the crowd is, is women. And to get the, you get the impression from these polls that, you know, women, that women uh, hate Trump. So, uh, but that's, I, I can't say there's any answer to that, that easy answer to that, that I can think of, Stefan. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I would say is uh, I think that uh, most women who are single would like, if they want to settle down, of course, some don't, but if they do want to settle down, then they want to have uh, a husband. And if they want to have children, then they want to have a husband who's a reasonably decent provider, because I think the statistics are very clear that women who stay home with the kids for the first couple of years and breastfeed the kids, the kids do way better. Breastfeeding actually increases IQ. It's one of the few things that's known to do so. So for single women, you know, you, you do want a man who's going to have a job. You do want a man who's going to have some stability. You do want a man with some kind of decent income. And uh, that's middle class or above. And uh, Hillary Clinton is targeting uh, a lot of people with massive tax increases, extra regulations, uh, problems in the economy. And so it's going to reduce the number of decent men who are available as providers for you to marry if you go with uh, Hillary Clinton. And then you're going to end up relying on the state. And the mathematics is pretty clear that relying on the state, you know, I don't think there's a person alive who's middle aged or so who's going to outlast the state in terms of its capacity to provide revenue because it's going to run out of money pretty damn quickly. And so if you go with the state, it's going to reduce the number of men available for you to marry who will be decent providers who are going to help provide for you and your children. If you go with Hillary Clinton instead of a husband, well, they're going to run out of money and there won't be the men available to help pick up the slack. Well, you know, I think that, uh, see, this this campaign has focused so much in the last couple of weeks on the gotcha stuff. You know, the, the crazy sexual assault uh, claims, which have been debunked one by one against Trump. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And listen, I don't want to sound shallow, okay? But Donald Trump is a billionaire. He dates, before he got married, dated, you know, supermodels, you know, Miss Universe type level of, of beauty, okay? And if you've seen these women that are coming out of Trump, I don't think he would risk his life to assault these particular women. Let me just, without sounding terribly shallow, He's they, got a type, and that type is double type. digits. They're not, yeah. they're not it. Yeah, they're not it. They look more like you know Hillary, typical Hillary supporters, than somebody that the Donald Trump would chase after. So, which is kind of weird that that uh, his his fetish for three decades happened to be uh, far left Democrats. Who would have known, right? 
But <laughs> right. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, anyway, you know, here's the thing is that when you really get down to the issues of the campaign, if the campaign ever gets back to the issues, listen to Hillary's uh, economic plan. Hillary's economic plan, this is it. Uh, for jobs, we're going to install solar panels. We're going to fix potholes. And then they say, well, how are you going to pay for that? Well, Hillary should say, if she's a good capitalist, well, we don't have to pay for it. It pays for itself because that's how capitalism works, supply and demand. You know, revenues have to over exceed costs, and that's how you create a profitable enterprise. But she says, well, we're going to pay for it by taxing the rich. Well, how much are you going to tax them? Well, their fair share. So Hillary's idea for increasing employment is uh, installing solar panels, fixing potholes, and taking money away from the people that hire people for good jobs. And, you know, here's the thing is when a Democrat says a job, they don't mean a career. They mean literally that you can spend 10 hours a month mowing grass and you officially in the Obama economy have a job. You can lose your full time job uh, where you were making a salary and full benefits and then go out and have to get three part time jobs to replace that. And in the Obama economy, they just created two jobs. This is what she's talking about when they're talking about creating jobs. But Donald Trump is talking about not creating just jobs where you're flipping hamburgers at McDonald's or waiting tables or mowing people's grass or doing something beneath your intellectual level. But they're talking about actually creating careers where you can actually build a future for yourself and you're not living paycheck to paycheck. It's an entirely different dynamic. And I'm hoping that somehow we can get back to that, although more the media, who knows? Let's talk a little bit about Hillary's health. <clears throat> because uh, Trump, of course, came out recently with the suggestion that uh, it might be somewhat wise to request a um, drug test. And, yeah. and th this sounds crazy. I understand this. It's not like they're both competing in some Olympic decathlon, but the idea that there would be a drug test um, before the next debate uh, is, is startling to some people. I wonder if you can help step people through the rationale behind that suggestion. Well, the problem that he's got is he doesn't want to find out if she's uh you know, a smoking pot or, uh, you know, a, a crack addict or something like that. What he wants to show is that uh, they're pumping her so full of drugs uh, to make up for her uh, Alzheimer's or whatever it is that she has so she can seem uh, normal on stage. As he said, you know, she seemed really hyped up on stage and that goofy grin she's got on her face and the constant laughter and the giggling and so on and so forth. So it just doesn't seem... Uh, it just doesn't seem normal. And I can't remember any uh, presidential election where one of the candidates with three weeks ago uh, basically took an entire week off from the campaign trail. Nobody has seen her. And the media doesn't find this at all interesting in any way. You know, they just they're not intrigued by this at all. I guarantee you, if Donald Trump went off the campaign trail for a week right now, they'd be like, what's wrong with Trump? Would you sorry to interrupt, but you remember when he took some, a couple of days off because his grandson or granddaughter was being born? He went to go for the expansion of his family dream. People were like, he's given up. He's over. It's done. He's gone. He's like, no, he's, he's got a grandkid. I mean, give the guy a break. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So uh, I think what they're doing is they probably have Hillary on some sort of, you know, they, they say that in the WikiLeaks thing that, that uh, her Scooby van that she's got, that it actually has a bed in it. Um, and uh, I think they probably got her on uh, IVs. They probably got her on some sort of, you know, uh, drug stack. So that come time for the debate, she can seem like uh, she's healthy. But this is not this is not a, uh, a healthy woman. This is a woman who's uh, got severe um, health problems. And I think that all they're trying to do is uh, what Chuck Schumer said. Chuck Schumer said, we want to elect Hillary because we want to get control of the Supreme Court. That's the only reason they don't, they don't care. They, they do not care about Hillary. She is merely a vessel 
to bring money into the party and to get in there so they can get uh, control of the Supreme Court. Once she gets in that White House, she can hide out. She can be ill all she wants. If she if she passes away from her illness, they can replace her with another one of those hacks. They just want the keys to the White House. And the fact that Hillary's there is just because uh, she's the most convenient person to have. So. Well, and I think it's a very uh, Milo Yiannopoulos has made this case that the vote is basically about the Supreme Court and the failure or future of the republic. And I think that's something people should really strongly consider because presidents come and go. But it seems like the Supreme Court just hangs around forever. Now, Professor Norpoth, uh, uh, you pointed out um, he's predicted five out of the five, five last five presidential yeah. elections correctly. He's got an 87% chance that Trump is going to beat Hillary. How does he come by that rather staggeringly high number? Uh, he's, he's the uh, Bill Mitchell on Twitter factor. He, he, put, he put that in. No, <laughs> right. And that's the only factor. Otherwise, it's zero. I Bill ups at 87%. I think, I think that the main reason is, I, I haven't studied his work. I, I need to. But anyway, I think that the main reason why he may be saying that is what I've been saying all along. That all this stuff that's going on, all these scandals, all this stuff, this is just um, uh, fluff around the edges. The core of this is that this is a change election, just like 2008 was. Just like 2008, only 28% of the electorate is happy with the direction of the country. That's what it was in 2008, exactly the same now. When you have a change election, the status quo candidate does not win, period. The change candidate wins, period. And right now, we still have about 15 to 70% undecided out there in the electorate, which is a record for this level. So these are people that know who Hillary is, don't want her, and they're just waiting for Donald Trump to be reasonable enough for them to say, okay, I'm going to give this guy a shot. You know, that's why Obama won. Obama didn't win because he was had the experience to be president. He didn't win because he had been vetted. He didn't win because he's perfect. But you know what? People thought, you know, he's he sounds great. He looks great. He's the antithesis as far as uh, intellectualism from George Bush. You know, he can give a great speech and not stumble over himself. Let's roll the dice and give him a shot. And that's kind of what's happening now. I mean, Hillary is the John McCain of uh, 2016. You know, John McCain was a status quo candidate. John McCain never stood a chance. And I think what's going to happen is Donald Trump is going to win this election and history will look back and say, you know what? Hillary uh, Clinton never stood a chance because she was a status quo candidate. That's just that's my opinion. And I'm sticking to it. Well, and I think you could say that she might have uh, had a chance if it wasn't for the incredible advancements in social media and reach that are able to deconstruct false narratives uh, from the mainstream media in real time. This is never I mean, never happened before. I've been doing uh, public stuff on on YouTube uh, and other places for 10 years and the amount of reach in this election. Uh, it's so enormously different. It is night and day from just four years ago. And that is a factor that uh, is really, really hard for people to grasp who are, um, I guess, our age, but not as digitally wired as we are. Yeah, I, I'm just, you know, as as a uh, fellow guy on YouTube, I look at your YouTube numbers and I'm just like, wow, you know, it's just, remember, I think you had Mike Cernovich on there one night, you had like 350,000 views or some some amazing amount like that. But uh, yeah, that's it really is. It really is remarkable. And even our little show. I mean, we've had we've had uh, 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 between our speaker presence and our YouTube presence, we've had shows that have done like 70, 80,000 views for just one show now. So it doesn't happen very often, but every once in a while. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's remarkable what's going on in the Twitter exposure. I mean, I'm not some guy that's paid a million dollars a year by the networks to be a talking head. And here I am, you know, on Twitter getting 10 and 11 million hits a day sometimes on my Twitter feed. I'm just sitting there tapping out my little 140 character ideas, you know. So, 
It really is a changed environment. I don't think that Donald Trump could have existed as a candidate prior to 2016. No, because the media slanderers would have stuck to the point where it would have turned off uh, some of the undecideds. And now what's happening when uh, when media slanders are put forward and then they're deconstructed in real time, sympathy accrues to the victim. Because I think, you know, everybody who's got had any prominence uh, online has been trolled at one time or another. And I think that they all recognize what that's like. And I think there's a lot of sympathy coming out of Trump for these desperate moves by the media to avoid dealing with any substantive issues and just fire off the smear can and hoping to cover the person in mud to the point where you don't want to give them a votey hug. So I really want to take time uh, to say thank you thank you for taking the time with us today I want to remind people twitter.com slash mitchell vii follow him it's great it's entertaining it's thought-provoking yourvoiceradio.com i in fact will be on your show uh very soon so i'm looking forward to that uh bill always a great pleasure and uh, i hope that you have an exciting next few weeks okay thank you very much i'm looking forward to it i think we're going to be winners on november 8th i'll talk to you later take care